Girlfriends, episode number 321, Three Ways God Whispers. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking about the ways that God speaks to us that maybe if we don't slow down enough to stop and listen, we might miss. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriend, thank you for being here. So glad we're able to connect right here on the podcast. If this is your first time listening to Girlfriends, I want to give you a special welcome. Thank you for checking us out. I hope you're going to want to hang out and become a regular part of our Girlfriends community. So we're talking about the way that God whispers this week. And of course, this comes from my newest book that's available at ascensionpress.com called Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. And my whole book is on this theme about the ways that God whispers to us. And what I mean by that is the ways that God does, in fact, speak to us, but not in the ways maybe that we expect, right? We hear from you know these stories of the great saints and people who have stigmata or have visions of Jesus or Mary visits them. And that can seem kind of like cool. Like that's that's how I'd like God to speak to me. Then I'd have no doubt what God's will is if he would just, you know, speak it to me from, you know, a cloud in the sky with thunder or something. And yet that's not really how God generally does speak to us. So we need to be more in tune to the ways that God speaks to us because he truly does. And it's been my experience, especially at this stage in my life, where things are a little bit calmer, (laughs) quieter. So, you know, Dan and I had eight kids inside of 12 years. So there were many chaotic times there. We still have kids at home, of course, but life is quieter. I've got bigger kids. I've got fewer things um, that are, you know, causing noise and distraction. I'm more able to plan my days where I have some time where I can devote to quiet prayer. But that wasn't always the case. And so part of why I wrote Whisper was because at this stage of my life, I'm beginning to realize some things about the way that God does speak to us, even in the crazy, even in the busy, even in the chaos. And there are ways that we can be more in tune to it. We can open ourselves up to it. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, God does not speak to me. Uh, You know, I have my prayer time and I just, I don't ever like feel what he's telling me or hear his voice or feel his direction in any way. I want to encourage you, first of all, you can check out the book because in it, I share a lot more than what I'm going to share here today of um, ways that God does kind of nudge us or speak to us in the quiet. And, but the thing is, this is such a countercultural thing because in our world today, being quiet and being still and listening um, there, there's no space for that, right? You fill in every gap with busyness, noise, distraction, entertainment. Like if you're standing in line at the grocery store, what do you do? Pull out your phone and start scrolling through it. What is everybody around you doing? On their phone, <laughs> scrolling through it. You know, I had this thought recently when I was at, at an airport that, you know, I looked around and every single person's on a device and I get it and I am too, right? But it didn't used to be that way. People didn't used to constantly be on devices. And there there was once upon a time that people would sit in an airport and maybe interact with other people or just sit and be be quiet, be still, let yourself get bored. I think that there's something in our culture that is just this like kind of impulse to 
consume all the time, be consuming information, be consuming entertainment, be, you know, online, on your phone, or, you know, listening to music, listening to a podcast, listening to an audiobook, just taking in all the time, where I think that that's really a, a tragic thing in the end, because what we do when we fill our lives with so much noise and busyness and distraction is that we're kind of, we're tuning out God. Because he doesn't talk to us the way that a podcast is going to talk to you. He doesn't talk to us, you know, on a television show or, you know, all of these these things that we're, we're spending our time focused on. So I just wanted to share about this today because I thought it's a good time to kind of revisit this, this book's topic. It's almost been a year since Whisper came out. And I still hear from people every day who are just discovering the book. And if you like audiobooks, you can get Whisper in audio form. I'm really excited that that option is available. So if you go over to ascensionpress.com, you can get the book on uh, Kindle. You can get the Kindle version. You can get the good old-fashioned paperback, or you can get the audio version, which is narrated by me. So uh, those are your options for Whisper. But today we're going to talk about three ways that I just wanted to share with you um, that I've been reflecting on the ways that God does whisper to us even in the midst of noise and distraction. But it's important that we make the time to pull away from those things in order to hear God's voice. All right, so the first way that I want to share with you that I know that God does, in fact, whisper to us is through Scripture. So, so many times when we're kind of thinking like, oh, what does God want to speak to me? I don't know what God's message is to me. I don't know what His direction is about this. Like, do you know, we have a whole book that is called the Word of God. <laughs> like this is God's Word. Big book. Do you ever open it? Do you listen to what God is speaking to you in His Word? Like I, I, it's such a no-brainer thing. And I, I'm not admonishing anybody who, you know, doesn't make time to read scripture because I've been there too. But if you're not opening up your Bible and reading God's Word, then don't complain that you're not hearing God's Word, right? <laughs> like, this is pretty basic. But, uh, you know, some people have different levels of comfort with doing that. I mean, maybe you open the Bible and you read a passage and you find yourself thoroughly confused. But I would say that a great place to start if you don't have scripture reading as part of your everyday life is with the daily gospel readings. I mean, all of the gospels, of course, are, you know, they're the stories of Jesus's life and his words while he was here on earth. And so there's a lot that Jesus speaks to us through the scriptures um, in the gospel stories. So start there. You could start just by reading the gospel reflections every day. You can do this. Uh, there's so many different organizations and um, different places that will share different gospel reflections every day. Um, in my work over at catholicmom.com, we have free daily gospel reflections. And those are kind of really nice for moms because they're short. You can subscribe to them, get them in your email every day. And it's just a little link to the gospel reading for the day and a very short, you know, like two, three paragraph reflection on it from one of our writers over at catholicmom.com. And then there's a, a prayer prompt and then a question to kind of ask yourself for further prayer or reflection or even discussion with friends if you want to do it in an organized way like that. Um, but there are lots of different places that you can get gospel reflections. You can also just, you know, have your own missal and you can, or you can participate in daily mass and hear the gospel there, of course. One app that I really love to use is the Pray As You Go app. That one I don't even know the name. I, I, I think it's just Pray As You Go, um, if, you, if you look that up on, in the App Store. And what it does is there's a, a reading. Uh, first of all, there's music. 
and there's music, and then there's a reading of the gospel, and there's some like prompts toward like prayer or questions to kind of you know encourage you to reflect more deeply on what the gospel passage is, and then a rereading of the gospel. So it's very deliberately kind of going through and, and reading it again in a Lectio Divina kind of way. And then a few more questions, and, it, and it's all wrapped up inside of 15 minutes. So I use that one pretty much every day. I, I love it because I can use it during my my quiet prayer time here at the house, or there's sometimes when I'm traveling or something, but I can just listen. I can listen in the car. I could listen on a plane. Um, so it's really nice to have that kind of structure. Um, so if you don't know where to start, I would say start with one of those things, whether you're reading on your own or, you know, just looking up the the daily gospel reflections. And, and I would encourage you to do it that way, reading it slowly and carefully, and then pausing to reflect and and open up your mind and ask God to tell you what he's speaking to you through that passage today. I mean, you can do this with any part of scripture. You could do this with the Psalms. You could do this with any part of scripture that you're going to read, but that's a great place to start. And, you know, one recent experience that I had, and I mean, I've had many of these where, and and probably you have too, where when you're listening to a, even sometimes very familiar gospel passage, all of a sudden something, some part of it leaps out to you and you hear it like with new ears. You hear it in a new way, even if it's just like one little phrase, one little word. And then this is part of the uh, structure of Lectio Divina, if you've never done it, is to you know, pray to hear God's word and what you're going to read. Read it slowly and carefully. And then see if some word or phrase or some part of it stands out to you. And then kind of hold that in your mind and, you know, pray over that and ask God what he's speaking to you through that and be open to what he might be telling you. And, you know, then reading it again, however much time you have to do that. Um, but if you want to know God's word, you've got to read God's word. But one recent time I wanted to tell you about that this happened for me was actually just a couple of weeks ago when the daily gospel reading was about Jesus and his companions on the road to Emmaus. So this was, you know, after Easter, after the resurrection, and we're reading about his interaction with some of his followers. Um, We know, I think one of them was Cleopas, but we don't know the name of the other one. I think people think it might be his wife or um, his, you know, his companion in that way. But so that day, I was actually at my workplace, which is Holy Cross Family Ministries, which is in Massachusetts. I'm, I go in there once a week, and they have daily Mass there, and I, I love that opportunity to do that. And um, on the way there, I used my Pray As You Go app, so I had already heard the, the gospel reading, and this one phrase stood out to me, and then it, it did even more so in a beautiful way when I was listening at Mass there. And so, you know, just to give you a little background on this, I was, at that time, I was in uh, a little bit of a frustrating situation with um, somebody who I'm close to. And I, I was just, you know, feeling sad and feeling frustrated and feeling misunderstood in my relationship with this person and just struggling with that and just feeling, you know, kind of off and discouraged in in some ways and even, you know, angry in some ways at the the situation. I didn't feel like it was just. And anyway, I had all of that kind of going on in the background. And um, so then when I read the scripture passage or heard it read on the app and then heard it read in mass, it really stood out to me. So I'm going to read it to you now and then I'm going to share with you what I thought about it. This is from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 21. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. 
but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Okay, so this is a very familiar passage, of course. You know, if you grow up Catholic as I did, you have heard this hundreds and hundreds of times. And yet it was that day that what really stood out to me was Jesus' little reply there to them when he says to them, what things? Right? They say, have you not heard? You're the only person. You're the only person who has not heard all of these things that have gone on here these past days. And he says, what things? And that really stood out to me because imagine this situation. Of course, Jesus knows. <laughs> he knows about the things. He knows what happened, right? And they don't, of course, recognize him at this point. They don't recognize him till later. Um, but there in that moment, he's inviting them to share what's on their hearts. They're heartbroken. They're hurting. They're frustrated. They're sad. And he's inviting them to share that, to bring that to him, to express it to him. What things? Such a simple thing. And just knowing, you know, that Jesus is there and he knows about all the things. And yet still he invites that interaction with them. He invites them to tell him about their things. And that really stood out to me because in my situation where I was feeling sad, feeling frustrated, feeling angry, feeling all of this, that I hadn't been, you know, inclined to like bring that to Jesus in that way. But I heard in those words a real invitation to bring him the things, which of course he knows all about. Like, can't you almost just imagine like a little bit of a loving smile on his face as he's saying that? What things? He knows about all the things and he's got it. Like he's in charge. He's bigger than all of the things. And yet sometimes we get so frustrated and we get so caught up in our things and the things that are distracting us, the things that are upsetting us, the things that are frustrating us. And we neglect to bring them to him. And we forget that he's so much bigger than all of that. He can handle it. He's got this. You know, he told us he has overcome the world. We will have trouble in the world, but fear not. He has overcome the world. And here he is in this situation, inviting these two who are sad, who are heartbroken to bring their things to him. And, you know, I'm sharing that with you because I would love for you to hear in that passage an invitation from Jesus to bring him your things. What are your things? What do you have going on? What's on your heart? What is burdening you? What is making you feel sad, frustrated, distracted, discouraged? What are your things? Jesus wants them. What things, he says, even though he knows full well what all the things are, he's inviting. He's always inviting. And that's such a beautiful thing that we can pull out of two words in Scripture. 
And so, you know, to me, that was just a really encouraging kind of invitation to deeper prayer and to turning over those things to God in a way that um, that has been really, really helpful and encouraging for me. So it might not be those two words for you. There might be some other passage that's going to, you know, stand out to you, some one word or a phrase from scripture, but it's not going to happen if you're not reading it. It's not going to happen if you're not listening to it. So I just want to encourage you to use scripture in your everyday life. Even if you can just spend a few minutes on that app that I mentioned or another app. So a lot of people I know really love the Hallow app. There are daily gospel reflections on there as well. And, you know, really spend some time listening and sitting with God's word and opening yourself up to what he's speaking to you because he is speaking to you personally, intimately in your life, in all of the circumstances where you find yourself right now, he's speaking to you in those circumstances through the scriptures. So we just need, we need to open up that book. It's God's word. Let's open it up and let's listen to it. Okay. So that's the first one in scripture, the first way that God whispers to us. All right. The second way I want to talk about is God whispers to us through how we feel. Now, I am not about to tell you <laughs> that you need to follow your feelings all over the place because that's a recipe for disaster. I've shared with you before that I really like the saying, you are the boss of your feelings, because that is true. It's important to know that um, because it, sometimes we feel like we're victimized by our feelings and we do have to follow them wherever they lead us. And if we're you know, feeling sad or frustrated, we just have to spiral downward into that. Or if we're feeling like a victim or, you know, uh, no. That is a recipe for disaster and unhappiness in the end on your part. So you are the boss of your feelings. If you don't like what you're you're feeling, if you don't like what you're thinking, you can change the way that you're thinking. You may not be able to change the way you're feeling, but it doesn't mean your feelings are the boss of you. Okay, so let's get that straight. That's not what I'm saying, that how you feel is God speaking to you. Like, oh, I feel angry, so God is telling me to hit this person in the face, you know, <laughs> like, of course, you know, that's not true. But we need to be in control of and know that we are the boss of how we're thinking and how we're feeling. But that doesn't mean our feelings don't matter. And it doesn't mean that God isn't speaking to us through the way that we feel. And it doesn't mean that we we shouldn't be aware of how we're feeling because it, it does matter. And it can be an important part of how we can discern what God is calling us to. So what does this mean? I, I think that one of the, the important things for us to note is that, you know, when we're asking for like, we want to hear the voice of God, we want to know like where the Holy Spirit wants us to go. Well, I'm going to tell you that anxiety is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so frustration is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if you're feeling that way about something in your life or some decision that you've made or something that's ongoing in your life, that is God speaking to you about that. You know, I had a very good friend recently counsel me about exactly this because I was feeling um, anxiety about something that was going on. And, and she was, you know, very much clarifying for me that doesn't mean that you immediately have to change the situation because you have anxiety over something or unrest about something. But it does mean that God is, is calling you to do something about that. God is talking to you about that. doesn't mean you have to change the entire situation, you know, quit your job or leave your family or whatever. But it does mean that it's important to address something there. There is something there. And I think sometimes, and I fall in prey to this, especially when I was younger, I used to kind of feel like, you know, this, not that I ever thought this out clearly, but my, my, my inclination was to think that God's will was always going to be the hard thing. 
the sacrificial thing. Like God, you know, okay, yes, we have to submit ourselves to God, to God's will. It's going to be terrible. (laughs) It's going to hurt. It's going to be sacrificial. And yes, sometimes God does, in fact, call us to sacrifice, to suffer in this world. But that doesn't mean that's how you discern what God's will is, right? Like God desires for you to be happy and he desires for you to be at peace. And I think that's really the key thing here is of all the feelings that you might have, you can be suffering through something terrible and yet be at peace in that because you can understand that this is something that God is calling you to do right now. But if you're not at peace, I think that is what's telling is, you know, that is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, that sense of peace about what you're doing. So, you know, recognize that if you're if you're praying over something, maybe it's a decision you're going to make. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how to make a big decision. Um, maybe you've made that big decision, or maybe you're in the process of making that. And this is one of the feelings that that matters and that you shouldn't ignore if you're at unrest about something, if you have anxiety about something. What decision is going to bring you peace? And I've always found that it's very helpful to kind of focus on peace because ultimately, if you think about it, it's actually all we want. Think about it that way. Like if you're struggling with um, a, a relationship, like maybe you're not getting along with your mother-in-law or something, and you're you're bringing that to prayer, and you've got these very specific things like, please make my mother-in-law stop butting into my business, or please make it so that I, you know, don't, my mother-in-law doesn't make these little snippy comments, or, you know, all of those little details of what you're dealing with. What you really want, though, is peace. And all of those details could stay the same. And if you had the the right perspective on it, you could you could have peace, even in the midst of a difficult situation with your mother-in-law. It doesn't mean that the, the little things aren't going to hurt. It's not going to be hard to do. But if you can have peace about it, if you know that you're doing God's will and you're doing the right thing in that relationship, she might never change. But you can have peace in in that relationship. Or I, I've thought about this before with regard to like financial situation. So many times, right? We bring our our situation to God, like, please, you know, like I need a job. I need to pay these bills. We need, we need help. And of course, God wants us to bring him all of those things. But it's not about the specifics because I, I realized this years ago when I was praying about a, a financial difficulty that we had. Um, it wasn't like I need to get X, Y, and Z paid. I need X amount of dollars per month or, you know, whatever. It's it's really about having peace about your your financial situation. That's all that's all you want. Like that's all I want anyway. It doesn't, you know, the rest of it doesn't matter so much. And of course, that peace is often going to come from having the right things fall into place, but it's not about X amount of dollars. It's about asking for peace. So, you know, as much as you can, I would say. Pay attention to how you're feeling. And if you're not at peace about things, then that's something that you should bring to God in prayer. And he's speaking to you through that. And don't fall prey to the idea that things need to be difficult in order for you to be holy. Like the, the most difficult thing isn't necessarily what God's will is for you. Um, I, this was very eye-opening for me once when I, I was talking to a woman that I know, and she was saying how when she was dating her her now husband and was kind of discerning whether to continue dating him and wondering if they should get married and trying to figure out that, that she like she had this idea that it, it couldn't possibly be God's will that she be with this man because it felt so good. And she wanted it so much and she loved him. And what she really, truly wanted, the desire of her heart was to marry him and have a family. 
And she thought she wanted that so much that that couldn't possibly be God's will. God's will must be a more sacrificial thing for her to do with her life, like become a nun. And, you know, we can hear that and be like, okay, that's crazy. And yet that's the kind of knots that we kind of think ourselves into sometimes with regard to what God's will is. And thankfully, this woman had a good spiritual advisor who told her, the desires for good things that God puts in your heart are part of how he tells you what his will is for your life. So, you know, wanting something or, you know, feeling passionate about something and, you know, truly desiring something. Yes, we should pray that we have good desires and we should be leading a well-ordered life. So we will have good desires, but the desires for good things that you have in your heart are a gift from God. And so, you know, not always feeling like God's way must be the most sacrificial way. That that quote from C.S. Lewis that I love so much because it's so apt and I can so relate to it. And I think all of us can, you know, that we're not necessarily doubting that God wills what is best for us. We're wondering how painful what is best will turn out to be. And, you know, we kind of like do that with God's will. We think like it's got to be the sacrificial thing. It's got to be the painful thing. It's got to be the thing I actually do not want. And that's not how God works. He's not looking to make us suffer around every corner. He wants you to be at peace. He wants you to have joy. So your feelings matter. So pay attention to how you feel. That is part of how God speaks to you and lets you know what his will is for your life. Okay, the third way I'm going to tell you that God whispers is in silence. Of course, <laughs> that's kind of contradictory, right? He's he's speaking and yet it's silent. And yet this has been an experience. And this is actually a, a real part of why I felt compelled to write my book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, because of this notion of silence and the invitation that God speaks to us only in silence. And I kind of, at this stage of my life, came to a place where I was discovering that anew, where I was kind of realizing for the first time that the the gift that silence can be in my life. And of course, we all kind of know this. And I, of course, I've always known it, like, you know, spending time in quiet prayer, whether at adoration or in quiet prayer first thing in the morning or before you go to bed or on your lunch break, you know, is beneficial. And yet, I don't think I fully understood um, in my younger years, and especially because it was crazy busy. And, you know, if that's you right now, if you're in like the throes of, you know, raising little kids and all the chaos of the school years and all of that, that's okay. Like God knows exactly where you are. And I can look back now, and this is part of what I shared in Whisper, and I can look back now at how busy I was and how intense I was and how driven I was. Dan and I both were early in our marriage and in our family life with all the little kids. Like we were doing this family thing 100% full force all day, every day, every minute, you know, from the moment we got out of bed and until we like fell down exhausted at the end of the day. We were doing it and we were so driven to do all of those things. And I do not regret that. And I am not telling you that that you should not be driven in that way and, you know, be busy in that way. Because I I can look back now, can I say, I can say that was fully God's will for us at that stage in our lives. That's what we were called to do. And he gave us the grace to do it. And so if that's where you are right now, that's where you're called to be. And God's going to give you the grace to do it. But even in the midst of that busyness and distraction, I hope to encourage you to make a little bit of space for silence in your life. Now, what, what can that look like? It can look like just spending five minutes, you know, when you're making a quick trip to the store in silence in the car. 
not having to turn on music or a podcast during that time. It can look like taking a walk and not bringing your phone with you. So you're spending some time in silence, just listening to what God might speak to you in that. Or it, it might mean, you know, the first thing in the morning, trying to spend some time, even if it's just five minutes, you know, before the kids descend upon you and <laughs> need every little thing. It can look like that. Um, but find a space in your life for some silence. You know, we're just, we're we're out of the Lenten season now. And, and during Lent, I think we we kind of naturally do that, kind of seek ways to have more quiet in our lives, maybe give up a television show you're watching so you could have more quiet in your life. But I really want to encourage you um, to look for ways to have that year round, even if it's just a little bit, or look for a way to schedule it even in, in a longer way in your week, whether you're going to sign up for a holy hour and do one hour a week of adoration what a countercultural thing to do. <laughs> Go into a church and sit in silence for an hour. Oh my goodness. Um, and, and you know what? If the sound of doing that it kind of makes you break out in hives, like what? No, I cannot sit in silence for that long. Uh, that's all the more reason why you need to do it. But start smaller. Start with a 15 minutes of a silent prayer. And if you don't have access to adoration, um, Eucharistic adoration near you, of course, and know that you can always go into a church and you can pray in front of the tabernacle. Jesus is is in there, present in the Eucharist. So he's he's present there. Um, but if you do have access to adoration, what a beautiful gift. And a great way to make sure you actually do it is to actually sign up. I say this as the person who is coordinator for adoration at our parish. And I'm always encouraging people, like, first of all, it's helpful to the program and it enables us to keep going if people sign up for a regular hour because you know you're, you've got coverage. But it's helpful for you because this is a way to commit to it. And I've had people that have signed up kind of reluctantly for an hour and they've, they've kind of told me, well, I'll do this for, you know, three months and then I'll, I'll let you know how it's going. I've never had anybody come to me after the three months and tell me they don't want to do it anymore. In fact, they've told me, you know, the time when I was sick or I was on vacation and I didn't do it that week, I missed it. Like I didn't even realize how important this was until I did it. And this is so true. This is one of those things. So uh, I really want to encourage you, if you do have that as an option, to sign up for one hour a week of adoration and, and sit in the quiet. And however uncomfortable it makes you feel, know that God is inviting you in that silence. And this is what my experience of silence has been in sitting in silence with God. And just, you know, if you don't know how to do this, don't worry. It's not a fancy thing. <laughs> it's very simple. It's sitting in silence, like placing yourself in the presence of God. Maybe you want to use a holy image that you look at, or just sit in front of a crucifix, or just close your eyes and place yourself in God's presence and just sit and be with Him. Focus on Him. Um, you know, you might just repeat an, a simple prayer of Jesus, I trust in you, or Jesus, I surrender myself to you, you know, or, you know, praying to the sacred heart of Jesus. Just keep focusing on God's presence and inviting him in. And it's been my experience that what Jesus speaks to us in that silence is always an invitation to go deeper into relationship with him. It is always a silent invitation to go deeper. And that's a beautiful gift, but you're not going to hear that and you're not going to be able to respond to that. You're not going to be able to receive the grace that God wants to give you. He wants to fill you with his grace. He wants you to feel his love, but you're not going to feel it. 
you're not going to know it if you're not making that time for silence. You know, a beautiful description of contemplative prayer that I heard once was um, there was a, a monk who was on his knees in prayer in the chapel for hours. And when he came out, somebody asked him, what do you do in there? And his response was, I look at him and he looks at me. What a beautiful thing that is. Spend some time looking at God and having him look at you, receive his gaze. That's what he wants for you. He wants to invite you into a deeper relationship with him. And that happens in the silence. When you give him that attention, it happens in silence. So look for ways that you can have more of that gift of silence in your everyday life. All right. Those are my three ways that I want to share that God does whisper. First of all, through scripture. Second of all, through how you're feeling. And third of all, in silence. But I would love to hear from you about the ways that God whispers to you. One of the most beautiful things that has come out of my book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, is that I hear from people who tell me how they're hearing God whisper to them um, because they've been inspired to kind of focus more and pay attention more or go deeper in their relationship with Jesus as a result of reading the book. And that truly was part of my motivation for writing this book was that I'm sharing my own stories in Whisper in a way that I hope will encourage you to listen to the ways that God is whispering to you through your stories by paying more attention to them. So if you want to give me that feedback, I would love it. So you can send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is always in the show notes every episode of Girlfriends over at ascensionpress.com. Also, I do want to mention that there is a companion journal that's available for Whisper. And that is available for free. If you just email me, I will be glad to send you the link to download it. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. The journal is a great way to kind of go deeper in your own thoughts and reflections on the content of the book, but also a way that you can share with friends, with your women's group. You know, maybe you want to read it together and go through once a week and just meet to, you know, share the discussion questions. That's a resource that's available to you absolutely for free. You can just email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. All right, we've got more of the show with some listener feedback coming up. But first, a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Am I saved? How do I develop a better prayer life? How do I trust in God? The Curious Catholic is a new series of bite-sized books from Ascension that answer these questions and more. The Curious Catholic features small books from various authors that provide busy Catholics ways to go deeper into spiritual questions. The first three titles in the series are from Father Mike Schmitz, host of the Bible in a Year podcast. Father Mike's books explore the topics of salvation, prayer, and trusting in God. To learn more about the Curious Catholic series, go to ascensionpress.com slash curiouscatholic. That's ascensionpress.com slash curiouscatholic. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share some listener feedback with you. And this week I heard from listener Ashley 
about the recent episode where I talked a little bit about NFP, I think from another listener who had written in with a question about NFP. If you don't know what NFP is, what am I talking about? Natural family planning, which is a natural means of spacing or preventing pregnancy in your marriage, which is a licit way of doing those things. Um, So I heard from Ashley, and I'm only going to share this and not because I have the answers, because I am not an expert on natural family planning. I just have have been a user of it for many years, and I do recommend it to people. Um, so this, I'm going to share it because I know some of you will be able to kind of help with some of the resources and information that she's looking for. So I'd love it if you would write in if you have some information for Ashley. So Ashley wrote, I heard you mention the Marquette method of NFP on one of your episodes, and I am very interested in looking into it. My husband and I took the required NFP class during marriage prep, but it was the symptothermal method, which has its merits, but I found it personally very difficult and stressful to keep up with, particularly with detecting fertility signs, etc. I've been married about three and a half years, and I just gave birth to my third baby last month. We've been so blessed with abundant fertility, and I count each of my babies a gift, of course, but I am physically, emotionally, and financially in need of a break. That being said, can you recommend where to go for instruction in the Marquette method and or a book for self-teaching? Also, is there a specific fertility monitor you recommend? We are feeling inflation right now, as many people are, and are currently a single income family with a tight budget. So if you have any low cost recommendations, that would be a plus. I appreciate any direction you can give me on this subject. Thank you for all you do. I look forward to listening to all of your future episodes. God bless, Ashley. Okay, like I said, I am not an expert on these things. I don't know particular resources for self-teaching the Marquette method or any kind of financial help that might be available for having access to a monitor because I know that is a pricey thing for some people to purchase. Um, So anyway, I'm putting this out there, people, girlfriends, help out a girlfriend. (laughs) Send in your information for Ashley and I'll be glad to pass it along to her. In fact, I could share it on a future episode of Girlfriends because I'm sure many people would benefit from that. All right, that's all the time we have for today. But if you want to send your feedback to me, you can always send it at Danielle at DanielleBean.com. I would love to hear from you. Also, if you enjoy the Girlfriends podcast, I want to invite you to leave a rating and review over on iTunes really is a helpful way to get the word out about the podcast and help us grow our audience of girlfriends here. If you don't use iTunes, you can leave a rating and review wherever you do listen to podcasts or just share the link, share it on your social media. Let someone know you enjoy listening to the Girlfriends podcast. Word of mouth is a powerful tool and a great way that we can grow our community right here. But most of all, I'm just grateful that you are here with me today. Thank you so much for being a part of the community we have here at Girlfriends. I love connecting with you here. And I'm so grateful for your presence here. Truly, it is a gift to me. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 